1: Hey there, Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. He's at home in Connecticut. I'm in a hotel room in New York City. If you're watching us on YouTube, please go ahead and smash the like button like you're Brandon Davies. You have consent, and if you haven't yet, subscribed to the YouTube channel. Please knock that out while you're here. Let's get into it. Dead Leg, you were inside Madison Square Garden Tuesday night for the Jimmy V, Illinois over Texas. In overtime, Duke over Iowa. Let's take those games in the order that they were played. As you and uh, Tom Fornelli and all Illinois fans know, I spent the entire offseason warning people against underrating Illinois. I just said, be be careful. You don't want to underrate the Illini. Some listened, some did not. Either way, I was reminded of this Tuesday night when Illinois upset Texas 85-78 N-O-T. So now Illinois 7-2, and got wins over Texas and UCLA. The losses are to Virginia and Maryland. You saw it with your own eyes up close. Did you learn more about Illinois or Texas on Tuesday night inside MSG?
0: You want to run that back for me? I mean, it's listen, I got in late, you know, working on four and a half hours of sleep. What did, what did you just say? What did I, you I, just
1: say? Say it again. Boy, I said, you just start from the top? I mean, not exactly. What did you just say that you said about Illinois in the preseason? I spent the entire, not just the preseason. The preseason implies, like, October. I, I'm talking about since last April. The entire offseason, every time Illinois would come up, I would say, I just feel like people are underrating the Illini. You're not giving Brad Underwood enough credit. You're not acknowledging <laughs> Um, The impact that Terrence Shannon is going to make, not to mention Matthew Meyer. So, uh, you know, be skeptical of the Illini at your own risk, Ken Pomeroy and all AP voters. And now here we are. It's December 7th. And look who looks like a genius again. So GP.
0: No, don't stop. Everyone knows. The truth. I'm surprised Fornelli is not in the live chat right now. I actually, th- I actually think Cover Three has also is also we're going we're going to head to head with Cover Three live on the on the YouTubes right now. So that might be why Fornelli can't be here. Because otherwise, I think he'd be knocking down your door, knocking down your door here. Because Illinois, yes, nice, nice win. And by the way, it didn't feel like you know sometimes when you watch a game in person versus how you how you watch it on television. They can sometimes give across two different kind of vibes in the arena. It certainly felt like Texas was headed for um, a sure and certain victory once it really took control in the second half. There, I thought it was a good sign for Illinois. It got to halftime. Terrence sandin Jr. didn't have any points, and they had the lead by three. And I thought, well, you know, surely he should he should pick it up in the second half, and that should uh, mean some good stuff for Illinois. But Texas went on a sixteen to two run, and then really, and I I did write an extensive takeaways off of this late on Tuesday night. Texas should have won the game. No doubt. No doubt about it. Texas should have won the game. It it blew it. If you play that out again, final five minutes.
1: Wow. Now who's the Illinois hater?
0: I mean, it sounds like you're projecting my man. Texas should have won the game. That's that's a that's objective fact. Like Beard knew it, that players knew it. You play that game out eight times out of 10. I think Texas winds up pulling it away, but they didn't do it. Tyrese Hunter missed a foul shot that he needed. Marcus Carr, I think, had a couple of possessions there where they weren't ideal, and then they got to overtime. Big Illinois contingent there at MSG. Not, I don't think, uh, quite the size of 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 the of the horde that. Traveled out to Vegas for those pair of games back in November there, but still a a really good group there. And then Shannon Shannon went off. So to me, the game on Tuesday, you know, I wrote that I'm not really concerned at all about Texas. What Texas did was it spoiled not just a a chance to go undefeated non conference, but if you look at the schedule, next up is Pine Bluff, then Rice, Stanford, Louisiana, Texas A&M, Commerce. Like Texas should have been undefeated going into its Big Twelve opener on New Year's Eve at Oklahoma. Instead, it'll be 11 and one. You know, you know losses happen, whatever that it's, they gave it away. But to me, it was way, way more about Illinois and Brad Underwood afterward. uh, He, I I love the quote. He kind of, in his opening statement at the press conference was saying it surprises every, every time. I don't know where it's coming, who's going to be doing it, how this is going to happen, but they've been able to beat two top 10 Ken Palm teams, UCLA back on November 18th. And then here with Texas. And they responded well after You know, losing by five against Maryland on the road. Underwood told me, I did not realize this was the case, but in the Friday loss at Maryland, the Terps apparently only made four baskets over about a 16-minute period in that game, and Illinois only lost by five on the road in that game. He said, we played dumb. just played dumb. And he played Coleman Hawkins 38 minutes in that game. He said, I don't want to play him that much in in a game for the rest of the season. And the way that he was able to use his lineup and figure out other things, that was the other big takeaway for me. Is Underwood admitting, and I love when coaches can you know not be so prideful as to not share this kind of stuff with the press. He said, you know, some of the stuff we're guessing based off of how we're doing in practice. I don't really know what lineup I'm going to be going with when it when it really matters here. Doesn't know if it's how how much playing time you know. Say Jaden Epps is going to get off the bench, and he he obviously was he, the reason the game even got to overtime for Illinois. There, he sat Shannon for us for a serious stretch down. Down the stretch in the second half, how many, you know, And Shannon wasn't having a good night until overtime, but how many coaches would really be willing to sit their best player against a top two team in a neutral environment? You know, that's a big spot for Illinois there. So Underwood still, he's still figuring it out, which I find to be uh, pretty interesting. But they've got, they've got a good young group. And then Shannon's going to be better on the whole, most nice than he was for the first 40 minutes here. Really nice win for Illinois. And that'll be worth a seed. That'll be worth a seed bump when we get oh, to it's, it. it's a
1: December seven seed bump.
0: No question, man. That's going to be a quad one win over Texas. They, those teams could be fighting for similar seeds in general. So, good stuff. Liked what I saw the Illini there and the way they got the win. Uh, Underwood, you know, he's he's getting there, but he's still not quite sure. Um, you know, all the concoctions that are going into uh, to making this team to be a Big Ten contender. But I'm not off that. I'm not off that opinion either, GP. I picked them in the preseason to win the Big Ten. Obviously, Purdue's been the best team so far in that league performance-wise, but Illinois should have something to say
1: about it, and that was a, a nice little rally inside the garden. To your point about Texas should have won the game, uh, the Longhorns were up double digits with less than eight to play in regulation, and then Illinois closes on a 22-12 to 12 run featuring zero buckets from Taryn Shannon. He had zero at the half, four in the second half, none in that 22 to 12 run that Illinois used to force the extra period. And then he went wild. He had 12 of the 17 Illinois points in overtime, helped them pull away and deal Texas its first loss of the season. So I've moved Illinois up to number five in the top 25 and one. Better late than never. Got Texas now at number six. Houston is my new number one, but it, it's hilarious. I uh yeah, you I'm sure you saw the tweet last night because I quote tweeted your tweet from the garden and it, it, yeah. tongue firmly in cheek. Yeah. Uh tongue firmly in cheek. Hey, I've been trying to tell people all offseason about Illinois because I, I think most people know. Uh I I had Illinois outside of the top 25 and one in the preseason. I had Illinois sixth in the Big Ten uh, 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 preseason projections, and that got the attention of Illinois fans, most famously our friend and colleague Tom Fornelli, who has continuously um, riled up the the fan base uh, basically every time Illinois wins or every time I rank anything. And so I was just having a little fun with that. It never uh, ceases to amaze me, although it – certainly should at this point how many people like <laughs> are just angry <laughs> about this stuff in real life like i tweeted this last night and i, I got a few responses this is one guy at kc smitty 27 he tweeted at me he said gary we don't want you on our train please stay off hater and he's, <laughs> that's
0: right <laughs> you missed your chance I, long I, since passed.
1: I, I I hope Casey Smitty twenty seven is listening right now. Um, I am on your train. In fact, I'm going to drive your. Tra- I'm now the driver of the Illinois train. Is this a, is this a hostage takeover situation now? Yes. Okay. I didn't want. I didn't want to do this, All right. All right. but now you're telling me I can't, and I don't like to be told what I can and cannot do. Not at this age. So now I I feel like I've got to not only get on your train, Casey Smitty twenty seven. I'm going to drive your train choo choo that's me driving a train that's me driving the illinois train right now choo, choo.
0: you might be on the wrong train my man because that sounds like that sounds like a good old steam engine and i'm just telling you and illinois fans know this thing is a bullet train baby speeding down the tracks love it so i don't
1: know ahead. how to i don't know how to impersonate a bullet train i only know how to impersonate peacocks the beginning of Omaha, and 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 like a a conventional train.
0: Okay. Chica, 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 chica.
1: Woo woo, that's me driving the Illinois train. I got another. I got another tweet from a guy. This one's from a uh, Ramen. I guess I don't know. It says he, he he replied to me. He said says the clown that always hates on the Illini. I- and I was thinking about this, like, what do I care about as much as these people care about Illinois basketball? And the only thing I could come up with is uh, probably the Mets, right? Shouts to Justin Verlander, by the way. And I, mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 I asked myself. I said, Have I ever considered like tweeting Matt Snyder? about his MLB power rankings. And actually, you know what? Please do. <laughs> I, I've never I even know, thought please. about it. I mean, it's never even occurred to me to be. Just <laughs> drop a clown emoji
0: on our colleague Snyder <laughs> in the middle of July. Please do. Just unprompted. Why not?
1: Maybe I'm not being a proper fan. Like, I care deeply about the New York Mets, but I, I don't get mad at, like, actually angry. Or even bothered in the least about how somebody might rank the Mets in the middle of a season on a website. But these people get genuinely mad and they draw all these conclusions from it. Like I must hate Matthew Meyer or uh which I do, by the way. Hey, I despise a lot of
0: established on this yeah, podcast. I mean yes. I just, desp-
1: anybody that leaves Scott Drew, yeah. you're on my enemy list all right you're on my enemy list so some of it's true
0: Meyer tied up and uh and stuffed in a closet in the in the fifth train car at this point he's on the train as well but he, you know against his will he is being tucked away so
1: <laughs> that's me driving the illinois train whether kc smitty 27 likes it or not can someone please
0: if there's any any person listening to this podcast that has Photoshop skills and can put Parish in the driver's seat of a train, conductor hat and everything, maybe a little Illinois logo. I might be asking <laughs> too
1: much. <laughs> no, they look they looked good. Um, or, or or at least they played well enough down the stretch to upset a Texas team that was playing outside of the state of Texas for the first time this season. Um, but now hey, I I think this is probably true all's well that ends well i'm now driving the illinois train and probably have illinois ranked higher than anybody else in the world uh where are they at five in the top 25 and one there you
0: go wow seven and two team losses to virginia and maryland both reasonable wins over texas and ucla home winning against syracuse doesn't amount to much number five i don't know if illinois is the fifth best team in the country right now but I think they they have the potential to possibly get there. Can you quickly go over your rationale? I know you got to put them ahead of Texas. I know that's part of it. Here they beat Texas on a neutral, and even though it was Texas has one loss, you probably were saying I I can't justifiably have Texas ranked ahead of Illinois when Illinois just did this at this point in the season. So why that high?
1: I could have um, I could have obviously uh, kept them below texas and just say it's it's you know a one it's it's uh it's the result of one game if you insist i must have illinois ahead of texas then um you know are you also insisting i've got to have maryland ahead of illinois you know because maryland beat illinois a few days ago um, you know, like you, you can find yourself in some weird places. If you start saying the result of this game means this team has to be ahead of this team, especially, you know, a month into the season, but with Illinois, uh, listen, I, you know, I, I, I really do think at this point you, you need to have the undefeated teams with big wins or just the undefeated teams that were supposed to be great, you know, at the top of this thing. So Houston, Purdue, Virginia Yukon are all undefeated teams and three of those have have like significant wins and Houston was always supposed to beat this and Houston's got an opportunity to get a significant win when the Cougars play uh, this weekend uh, against Alabama after that I really do think you could do the next six seven eight teams in pretty much any order and the truth is I didn't want to drop Texas too far because I still think Texas is very good computer numbers are still really strong they do have a you know, a blowout win of Gonzaga. So I said, okay, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to take Illinois on the backs of, of what is now two significant wins over Texas, UCLA. Um, one of the losses is a loss to a team I've got ranked higher, undefeated Virginia. And the other one is a single digit loss on the road to a Maryland team that I uh, also still have ranked, even though Maryland, and we'll get to this, lost on Tuesday night. Uh, at Wisconsin, I've still got Maryland in my top 15. So there's a, I I guess the simplest way to say it is that there's a million different ways to go after you get outside of the top four in this moment. And Illinois makes as much sense there as anybody else and given that I decided last night before I went to sleep that I was going to start driving the Illinois train I decided let's just go let's go all in on it put Illinois at five Texas at six and then everything else can fall in line behind that
0: a couple more notes on this uh, Matthew Meyer Meyer had 21 points, season high. He did not miss a shot in the first half. He had 15 at the break. And Beer told me after, you know, if I had to boil it down, they won it because of Meyer in the first half and Shannon in overtime. You know, everything else kind of canceled itself out, so to speak. And yeah, I mean, if Meyer's going to be now, I'm not going to expect or ask him, and no one is to drop 15 and a half with regularity and not miss a shot there. But quite clearly a major development for them on that end. And then Illinois' defense. You know, it had 12 block shots in this game. That's the most yet this season. But Illinois has had at least seven swats in three consecutive games, and it's forcing at least 14 turnovers almost every game this season. So the defense has shown up with extreme consistency, and that will continue to be a calling card for underwood teams, which has been the case. You know, Illinois is, is trying to be a top to 10 15 level kind of team for a third consecutive season. I think it will get there. I think it can get there. But when you consider having lost Desumu 2 seasons ago and then don't have Trent Frazier and Kofi Coburn like it's a good job by Underwood. And if you're an Illinois fan, the reason why if you're if you're kind of wondering why like outside of just getting the win, what is it about my existence here that that I I'm, I'm just find myself satisfied with the direction of our program after we we're waiting and waiting and waiting, you know, to to get back to this kind of point. Well, here's the deal, man. Illinois has eight wins all time against teams ranked one or two in the AP poll, but only two have ever come outside of Champaign. Both of those wins have come under Brad Underwood. The first one happened against Michigan in March of 21, and the second one happened on Tuesday night. Underwood is 12-10 and at Illinois when playing top 10 opponents. So you're having success in high-profile games more often than not. And that kind of success rate is going to breed a lot of positivity within a program and within a fan base there. Illinois, I do expect, as as I predicted in the preseason, mm. Big Ten champions, top ten team, your guy right here, okay? Don't forget that. I'll let GP drive the... I'll, I'll let him drive a little choo-choo. That's fine. Your bullet train captain right here. Don't forget that. They are pacing themselves toward that and i think if they, if they really have not really figured everything out right now then that's a, a bit scary for the rest of the big 10 just because i would i would fully anticipate illinois to be in the thick of the top of that conference race throughout the season
1: well like the quote you tweeted last night where brad said hey you know right now we don't really know where it's coming from you know how we're gonna do it but like we're, we're doing it i'm paraphrasing but some yeah some some version of that and you know that's the thing like we have seen in this season already like Terrence Shannon look for for a game like the best player in the country and then of course Matthew Meyer has uh, an incredible performance last night on Meyer um like I I think people have been saying that's who he is for like two years now Um, And he's just, you know, he has never been uh, a consistently high level player, but he has shown flashes. He did it at Baylor. And obviously last night, if you can ever get something consistent out of him, not what he did last night, but where you go, man, he's a, he's, he's exactly the type of player and NBA prospect that we thought he was going to be when he helped Baylor win a national championship, then you've, you've got something. He hasn't been that consistently this season, but perhaps what happened Tuesday night can be um, a launching point for him. I saw an interview with him. I want to say it was with Andy Katz, but it might have been with somebody I else. Was with Katz. Yeah. But uh, does anybody interview more people after games than Andy Katz? Katz was my seatmate last night, man. Just Are we got... sure there's not like seven Andy Katz?
0: He is he is, uh, he is. everywhere. He is.
1: He's a, he's a, he, like, every time I'm, I I, watch a game and then I'm just scrolling through Twitter and it's like, Andy Katz is just talking to somebody who just played in this game. I'm like.
0: Just just all over the place. An absolute maniac in the best way. So, uh, Andy Katz, by the way, inform me. He's on a huge Prairie View A&M Indiana game this weekend or something. I don't know. He's, But he's, the man is relentless there. But yes, I believe what you were referring to is Mr. Katz's interview with mr meyer on tuesday night
1: do you think andy even has a home at this point
0: he does he, he actually does. he had to he had to get on the train there with with uh with ha- post haste to uh to make sure that he got he caught the right train to get back home but uh i believe he's at his home as we speak right now
1: yeah i doubt it uh, okay. he's getting ready to interview somebody in south dakota i'm certain <laughs> i'm certain he's at he's at By the-, the way on that no hey i gotta bring this up real quick
0: so I did a quick dinner with uh, our buddy, Jeff Borzello. And he 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 did not listen to our Sunday episode. Uh, wouldn't you know it, he's got a brother. And uh, wouldn't you know it, his brother produced the Gonzaga-Baylor game on Peacock. The one that you know craf- that you crapped all over. I so did I, not.
1: Cra- I said it just didn't look the way. I informed him of that. It just didn't look. The- he, didn't I thought the- he, didn't. he didn't mind. But it was just funny. I was
0: like, you got to be kidding me. Because he brought it up for whatever reason. Because uh, we were talking about the game, and I was like, "You won't believe this, man!" But you should have heard Parrish on the Sunday podcast. Just, just destroying this broadcast. I did
1: not destroy it, though. I just said that uh, it didn't look. It looked off. It just looked a little off visually. You know what? It was probably my TV. Okay, it's probably maybe. my fault. It's it probably my TV. You know what? I should probably upgrade TVs. Okay,
0: that's that's the issue. Yeah. It's a
1: brand, maybe new, maybe. brand new TV. Maybe you'll get Pac-12 Network. I, I'm a Pac-12 Network denier. I don't believe it exists. I know people say it does, but I don't think that's true. I think they're wrong. You know, I often roll my eyes at Kyrie Irving with all his nonsense. But, like, if Kyrie comes out as a Pac-12 network denier, I'm with him. What if me and Kyrie Irving okay. become Pac-12 network deniers
0: together? Yeah, uh, you, uh, you never want to start a sentence with, what if me and Kyrie Irving?
1: You that's just, a good that's point.
0: not. That's not how... You wanna you wanna start a sentence like that's that?
1: that's a good point. I don't want anything to do with Kyrie Irving. Here's my point about Matthew. Meyer. he was like uh, doing the interview with with Cats, and he was like, you know, to have this kind of game inside Madison Square Garden, like that's the dream. And um, you know, like that that I <laughs> and now these things are just popping in my head, and I can't remember where they came from. Was it you and Cats tweeting about best college NBA place to watch a college basketball game? Yes. And you guys are exactly I want to right. Just read my
0: feed from Tuesday night and like move with the podcast along. All this stuff do.
1: is just coming to me. I... It is Madison Square Garden. That that's an amazing place for college basketball, not just because of the building, but because of where the building is located in uh in Midtown Manhattan. Um, you know, you posted the picture. Since we're just going through your feed now, you, you got the Empire State Building in the background. I think I have that identical picture from a different Jimmy V or a different Champions yeah. Classic. So, um, you know, to, to have that type of performance in that building on that stage, you know, that's a lifelong uh, memory. So, though I, uh, I uh, can never forgive him for leaving Scott Drew and Huck. Um, you know, I, I was happy to see him have that 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 moment on that stage last night at his new home and now we'll see how the rest of the season goes for Matthew Meyer in Illinois but um, so far so good again fifth in the top 25 and one as of Wednesday morning let's move on to the nightcap Duke beat Iowa Tuesday night second game of the Jimmy V we're going to get into that next but first a word from our partners
0: A reminder, if you want, you can now email the show, shouts2cbs at gmail.com, shouts2cbs at gmail.com. We are loving the responses we've gotten, the emails, the correspondence, the questions. Continue sending them. You can send in a video if you'd like, 10 to 15 second video, ask a question, name, city, town, get out. We'll try and drop those in going forward on the show, on the YouTube channel. Continue to send us stuff. We love hearing from you. And thank you as always for subscribing.
1: So Duke beat Iowa Tuesday night at MSG. Final score, Duke 74, Iowa 62. That's a 12-point win. Chris Murray never really got going. Season low, eight points on just nine shots. First question for you, because you were there. How much of that was a result? The Chris Murray uh, limitations was a result of what Duke did to the All-American candidate, as opposed to just an off night for the All-American candidate?
0: McCaffrey uh, Frank McCaffrey was asked about this in the post game and he did credit Duke's defense, but, uh, and even Shire said this as well. There were just a few that would normally fall that just didn't fall here. And McCaffrey also said that he thought that, I mean, he thought that Chris was playing a pretty well-balanced all around game, or at least he gave that kind of effort. No, he did not shoot. Well, that was, that was obvious. Um, but he just pointed he just pointed out like he, he did get seven rebounds, three assists was good with the ball, but he didn't he didn't play well man. I mean it, the, he had eight points. There's no way that John Shire and that staff realistically expected or could have uh, thought that they would hold Murray like under 14, 13 points. They didn't even let him into double digits there and Iowa was the third ranked team in offensive efficiency heading into the game 62 points season low in points and threes. Hawkeye's only made three triples. Uh, just a, a big time showing by Duke on the defensive end. And we we look up here. I've got a thought. I'm gonna have a column uh later today that'll be on on Jeremy Roach. His progress, I think, is a very good sign for Duke. But we look up right now. I mean, Duke's got one more game in non con. It's gonna win. Maryland Eastern Shore. It's gonna be ten and two, right? Overall, you know, five point loss on a neutral to Kansas. And then, yes, they got rocketed by Purdue in Portland. Um, But Purdue has played as well as any team in the country to this point. So, you know, right now, like, you're good. Shire's doing a, he's doing a solid job right now. The offense isn't all the way there. They, you know, they're highly lauded freshmen. You know, they're they're getting there. Like, you know, Whitehead and Lylee.
1: Are they? they? Some of them are. I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure. I
0: mean, like, you know, they're, but hey, dude, they're 10, they're going to be 10 and 2 in spite of this. I actually think they, all things considered, you know, if, if, uh, if we're going to make an analogy to, to playing around a golf here, you know, Duke's about, they're they're through seven holes and they're, you know, they're like, they're one over par. Like, they're, they're fine. They're not, they're not playing poorly on the hole. And Shire's done a, a pretty good job, all things considered. And, you know, Mark Mitchell continues to play. Better, Roach and Filipowski have been reliable, you know. Uh, and Shire even said, I, "I he gave Whitehead credit because he basically said if this guy wanted to sit out the entire non-conference to make sure he was as healthy as could possibly be, and then you know come along mid to late December, he could have done that. We would have understood. But he he you know he was determined to get back as quickly as possible to be a part of our team for." a very critical part of the non-con slate with PK-85 and then Ohio State and then here with Iowa. And it just hasn't happened yet. But overall, like, yeah, Duke's Duke's doing just fine. No, it's not a top-10 team, but it has it, it. could have understandably not been this. Like, it could have just dropped a second game in Portland, or maybe it doesn't show up against Iowa and it loses, but that's not what's happened. Duke right now is 9-2. and It's going to be 10-2. and It's a top-15 team in the country. And I would say it has not yet gotten out of third gear. And I think that it eventually will. So signs of progress, I think, are are, are pretty good at this point.
1: Yeah, it, it it's fine. I mean, like like you said, they're about to be ten and two, with the two losses being to, um, you know, Kansas on a neutral, Purdue on a neutral. Um, they got blown out by Purdue, but they were competitive with KU. They've got three top thirty Ken Palm wins: uh, Xavier, Ohio State, and Iowa. That's nothing to scoff at. And so if you're John Shire, I do think you got to feel pretty good that you are about to be 10 and through through your first 12, and you've really, back to the freshman for a second, gotten nothing from the guy who was supposed to be um, your your best recruit, best incoming freshman, and that's Derek Lively, who was more or less non-existent again last night. Filipowski's been good. Mitchell's been good. Uh, Lively just... For whatever reason, the adjustment is a little slower. Um, perhaps it has something to do with you know preseason, you know injury and and you know missing time. But he was limited last night. He only played 13 minutes. He got two points, two rebounds, um, and, and and three fouls. And so I'm not going to turn this into a every game we talk about what's wrong with Derek Lively. But it is just noticeable. The truth is, we you don't see prospects rated where he was rated in his high school class often struggle to this degree um you know into the month of december or at all i would agree and uh, let's
0: i don't know i, I let's look up in mid january and see if that's still the case and maybe it will be philipowski has been reliable enough and the team collectively defensively has been good enough where it just Duke fans are aware of this. If you're a diehard of the sport, you're aware of this. He will like, if, if this team is going to be like an ACC contender, if it's going to be a one or a two seed, if it wants to be a final Four team, like he will have to really (laughs) show up and and be that kind of player. They just haven't needed it yet because overall they've just been, they've been, you know, they've got good link on the perimeter. Um, like even stuff like Ryan Young who just you know comes from Northwestern he's smart old always plays hard like he's just a guy that that staff does not have to worry about not doing all the stuff they're asking him to do and so because of that it's 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 filling some voids that otherwise wouldn't be able to be filled and that's why it's not really reason for much concern for Duke yet and hell i mean the ACC right now is is it's not an inspiring league. It is sixth in Ken Palm. The ACC right now is below the Pac-12 to this point. So maybe with the exception of three or four games on the league schedule for Duke, I know that team won't look at it that way, that staff won't look at it that way, but we're looking at this from a removed vantage point. There actually will not be an overwhelming amount of games where, where Duke might need to have lively and and whitehead step up and be star level players. I think you're going to need it eventually. I think you'll you'll need it particularly in March. But to this point, you know what? You're fine. And you and you set up as the number two team in the league as of right now. Virginia's got I know Virginia got a push on Tuesday night from from the Dukes of James Madison, but Virginia has been the best team and then it's Duke. And then we can get into the conversation of yes, the likes of Virginia Tech, Miami, Carolina gets attacked together. Those are really going to be the teams that are vying for the third spot, but I don't see why the league is going to have more than five bids at this point. Not unthinkable that it could get more, but it's six overall and, and ranking in the league hierarchy. And uh, if you're Duke, you're just, you are certainly satisfied with the performance uh, to this point of your team. And a lot of that's because of Roach who has been very steady, very reliable and has embraced now as a junior being a vocal leader for that team. You know,
1: on the ACC, you know, we've talked about this before. It's not hard to figure out why the league is struggling. Um, Louisville is one of the great basketball programs in the country. It stinks. Uh, Florida State is one in nine. That's been a consistently good program under Leonard Hamilton. They're not good this season. Um, you know, Syracuse is a big brand led by a hall of fame coach. That's won a national championship in my adult life. Um, They're not good. I don't care what league you are. When, when a handful of programs that have been traditionally strong, all get bad at the same time, then it's going to be hard for your league to, to flourish in the ways that it previously had. So Virginia looks super strong. Even though it wasn't a tight, low-scoring game on Tuesday night with an inferior opponent, uh, Duke I think is going to be fine. Miami and Virginia Tech both off to eight and one starts. Um, North Carolina, I'm just going to trust they're they're eventually going to be maybe not, you know, the best team in the country like the preseason uh, AP poll suggested they should be, but I'm just they're going to be fine eventually. I'm I I think, um, but when you've when you've got big brands like Syracuse, Louisville, you know, let's just stop there. Syracuse and Louisville um, being not just uh, irrelevant but like embarrassingly bad uh, relative to the standard that has been set at those programs, um, then that's a problem for for the ACC, and that's at least one of the reasons you see in that league struggle in, in the computers. One more. Um, notable result from Tuesday night. And there was really nothing on Monday. Although, like we uh, suggested could be possible on Sunday's podcast, uh, Gonzaga was in a game we can't State. I mean, they were behind. There was a point where it was like, they might lose. And They were then,
0: down four with like three and a half minutes to go. Yeah, it was right. real. It was a push. Yeah.
1: I was watching on Root. Yeah, you were. I had, I had Root on my TV. So, Timmy was great. I think he had 29 points. And um, you know, the, the the obviously biggest difference in that game, but whatever. Tuesday, there was one more uh, notable result. It's Maryland took its first loss of the season at Wisconsin. The final score was Wisconsin 64, Maryland 59. So the Badgers have now won back-to-back games over Marquette and Maryland, seven and two. The losses are to Kansas and Wake Forest. If not for the Wake Forest loss at home, I, I'd be ranking Wisconsin right now. As it is, Wisconsin is just – on the outside of the top 25 and one we both had wisconsin i looked this up this morning ninth uh in the big 10 preseason projections were we too low or is it too early to tell i think it's probably too early to tell
0: no i was too low wisconsin i i think wisconsin will make the NCAA tournament i did not have that going into the season and you know after after johnny davis played the way he did a season ago and coming in and it was like okay what are they going to get from you know how big of a jump will Chucky Hepburn make in the second season? Tyler Wall, you know, a solid player. He should be. He should be good. But what will they have here? And right now, I mean, they've they have Hepburn shooting forty eight percent from three. They've got a really good defense. It's coming along on offense. Remember, this team almost knocked off Kansas in the Bahamas as well. So, yes, a very nice... And I didn't I didn't see any of the game, obviously. I was at the Garden, so I can't speak to literally anything with how Wisconsin or Maryland played in this one. But uh, to be able to go into Marquette, get that win on the road in a bonus session, come back, knock Maryland from the ranks of the un- unbeatens there, uh, certainly a nice start for, for Greg Gard's program. And, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know where they'll end up in the Big Ten hierarchy, but uh, to me, Wisconsin anywhere from... Jeez man, anywhere from 3 to 9 seems possible and given the strength of the Big 10 this season like 9 could still be good enough to get you into the tournament.
1: I was considering if I really wanted to lean into Illinois villain. Yeah. Um dropping the Illini this morning in the top 25 and 1 and rationalize it by saying, listen, your loss at Maryland now looks looks like a bad loss. Your resume has been um has has been downgraded because of what happened. Um uh, between Maryland and Wisconsin on Tuesday night, and so, congrats on your victory over Texas. But the resume is now um, banged up a little more than it. That's no longer a loss to undefeated Maryland. Maryland. That's a loss to to one loss Maryland that that uh, just got uh, not not handled easily, but uh, got handled by a Wisconsin team that had lost in that same building to uh, Wake Forest. And then I said, nope, I don't need that in my life. I'm going to drive the Illinois train. Choo choo. Choo choo, 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 choo choo, choo choo. So I kept so I moved Illinois up, dropped Maryland down, and so the Terrapins are now 13th in the top 25 and one. They had 14 turnovers against Wisconsin, just nine assists. So um, they, 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 you, you were at the garden, you didn't see it. They did not play well, but some of that was Wisconsin. Remember, Wisconsin goes to Marquette. That's 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 the same Marquette that had just blown out Baylor. Mm -hmm. And Wisconsin goes there and wins. So, you know, Greg Gard. I don't know where this is going, but they put together back-to-back, like, truly impressive uh, performances um, that got some wins that I think, you know, if, if, and I think this was true in the preseason, Wisconsin looked like a, you know, a bubble team, maybe on the outside of most projected brackets. And if that's what your preseason expectations were, not internally, but externally, then, you know, that's two wins they've got. It's December 7th. They've already got two wins that are probably going to, you know, hold, I would assume, hold up pretty well through Selection Sunday. So if they're actually a bubble team, what they've done over the past week is going to be wildly beneficial um, by, by the time we start trying to to, to fill up a 68-team bracket. Looking ahead, nothing too great the next two nights. I'm going to be in studio on Wednesday night. Villanova Penn, CBS Sports Network. That starts at 7 o'clock Eastern. Also on Wednesday night, UConn at Florida. Undefeated Huskies, your home state Huskies, mm-hmm. going to the O-Dome. You know how difficult that has been historically. What are you going to be monitoring over the next two nights before we talk again on on Friday morning?
0: All right. Well, one quick note from Tuesday. I will note that Iona pasted St. Louis, 84-62. The A-10 doesn't have a Kempom top 50 team. The league's in a tough spot right now. Uh, Dayton's not what it was supposed to be. VCU has three losses already. So just something that we'll circle back to this throughout the I season. I mean, listen, that, I'm
1: not trying to connect these things.
0: Oh, boy. Okay,
1: I know. <laughs> but when I was the master of ceremonies, A-10 Media Day pre-pandemic, yeah, this kind of stuff wasn't happening. All right, well, uh,
0: I mean, that's not exa- When did you start being the master of ceremonies? What year do you think that was?
1: I feel like it was probably something like 2018 or 19.
0: All right, so in 2018, the A-10 had three bids. In 19, it had two. In 2020, it was on pace for two. In 21, it had two. In 22, it had two. Theory debunked. So. No, I'm gonna
1: have to disagree okay. with you.
0: <laughs> Regardless, I did want to, a great win for Iona Ripapino. You know, man, oh man, that's just that's tough for St. Louis. You could, you couldn't even keep it competitive. 84 again. I didn't say 84-82 or 64-62. Iona beat St. Louis 84 to 62. Iona's now up to 65, in Ken Palm. St. Louis is St. Louis is 53. So yeah. as for um Florida UConn on on Wednesday night. Yeah, that's you know that's a that's a big spot for the Gators. They went one and two at PK 85. They beat Oregon State convincingly, but lost a competitive game to Xavier, got ramshackled against West Virginia, 84-55. Also have a home loss against Florida Atlantic there. So this is the second to last non-conference opportunity. Well, that's technically a lie. They've got UConn. Oklahoma and then at the end of January they're going to go to Kansas State. So they still have more outside of SEC playing the SEC. Schedules obviously going to be a bear. But let's see how Florida shows up in this one. If I will say this, I'm I'm in on Yukon. Like a convincing team. They they have they have just played so tremendously at this point. If if Yukon goes into Florida tonight and hands down you know a 15 point, 18 point, 20 point defeat Which I'm not predicting it to be that drastic, but if that happens, like it's time, it's time to start talking about the Huskies as as legitimate national championship contenders. To this point, you could even uh, UConn fans are already there, but uh, when you this is their first road game of the season, so I'll be watching it with uh, with an interested eye. It's not a great slate GP, but I will also note two other games on on Wednesday night. Michigan State plays at Penn State, and that's a game that Michigan State. Could lose. I don't, let me, I bet you they're, I'm going to say Michigan State's not favored in that game. Let me bring that up real quick on the site. I don't, I would think that given the way that they've played, they're shorthanded. Penn State's been improved. I would bet you that Michigan State is a dog in this Penn game. Penn State
1: minus three and a half points.
0: Yeah, exactly. So a Michigan State loss would drop them to five and five. And yeah, like that would be fairly urgent situation in East Lansing with that. So just keep an eye on that. And then, um, yeah, Dayton plays at Virginia Tech. That goes back to my eight ten point. Yeah, preseason darling. They have injury issues, but probably going to lose at Virginia Tech and be a five and five team. Uh, but UConn of Florida is by far the biggest game of Wednesday, and then Thursday, just two to watch. Rutgers is at Ohio State. I think that's a quality game, and then Iowa has to turn around two days after playing Duke and play. You know the huge rivalry game. Iowa State's going to Iowa. This is actually a a big three game stretch for the Hawkeyes. They have. Duke Tuesday, they lose. Iowa State and the Hawk on Thursday. And then they play Wisconsin this weekend there. So uh, certainly among the toughest, if not the toughest, you know, five, six days uh, runs on the, on the Iowa schedule there. That is the best game of Thursday night.
1: I appreciate you correcting your lies as you've uh, labeled it. But yeah. just so you know, going forward, what? <laughs> we're not going to do that. What, what lie did I correct? You said something about this will wrap up somebody's non-league schedule, and you said that's not technically true. That's a lie. And then you corrected yourself, which I can appreciate. That's the old way to do it, new way to do it. We're just going to start lying. I embrace lying now. Let's just lie about stuff.
0: So turn this podcast into a morally decrepit vessel, another another such thing in the world because we don't have enough of that. Yeah. We're not.
1: We're not going to lie about serious things. We're okay. going to lie about things that we might have had wrong as it pertains to college basketball teams. So, like when somebody says, "I, have, you're, I can't," you're do a hater. You had Illinois sixth in the yeah. Big Ten preseason projections. I'm going to say that's not true. I had Illinois projected to win the Big Ten. Okay. The entire time. These things are archived. Okay, I'm just. Easily, I know, but We live in a country now where it doesn't matter if people can prove your lying. You just have to keep saying this you know, over and over again. And there's at least like 20% of the country will believe you. And that's all I need.
0: Eric in the chat goes, gaslight the fans. I love it. I refuse. I will. Maybe every so often I, I can't endorse
1: this. behavior. You don't have to tell the truth anymore. That's what I've learned living in America. <laughs> it's not important anymore. Oh. So if we're not going to hold anybody else to, a standard of truth. I don't know why we should hold this ourselves. This is the man
0: you want driving your train. In fact, it's not. No one wants you <laughs> driving. The, no one wants you driving the damn train. Okay. I'm driving the Illinois train. Yeah.
1: Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Larnell. Shouts to Huck. Thank you guys once again for listening. Oh, to I got a question for you. Okay, sure. Yeah, go ahead. I got
0: two. I got two. Uh-huh. I met a, a nice gentleman, uh, mm-hmm. Texas fan, huge, huge fan. Met him at the game on Tuesday night. He wanted an update. Hmm. I remember you talking about it, but I couldn't remember what he said. That uh, Like six months ago, you said, you said your boys were um, throwing baseballs around the house and knocking holes in the sheetrock and all that. <laughs> he wanted an update if you have fixed your house. Well, of course. It's, it's been, like a <laughs> lingering mystery with him that's just oh, been hovering yeah. over him for months and months. I
1: said, I'd ask you. Yeah, no. One of my close friends is a contractor. So, uh, yeah, we had that fixed like the next, literally the next day. Okay. Yeah. I can't have, I'm not the type who can just have holes in my walls and be okay with it. Like that kind of stuff drives me crazy. Anything that doesn't look the way it's supposed to look drives me insane. Um, and so no, I had got that fixed immediately. It's a, it's, it's a real shame when you have to spend hard earned money fixing things that like should not be destroyed. But when you have little guys and maybe your little guys are better than mine, but like we are constantly having to spend money to just either fix something that has been broken or, um, you know, replace something that has been lost or, you know, and now we've got a new dog and he likes to, you know, anything, anything he can fit in his mouth, he will chew on it. So like a Nintendo Switch controller, AirPods, yeah, glasses. All of these things have been destroyed in my home in the past six months by our little Frenchy Luca. He's sweet, but boy, he'll chew your stuff up. Yeah. That's right. He will chew your stuff up so much that on, is it Black Friday? Is that when all the deals are? Come on, man. Yes. Okay. I get, I get Good Friday and Black Friday confused. Yeah. <laughs> I get, black, I get Black Friday and Good Friday confused. I don't know I don't know which one is is about Jesus and which one's about getting great deals. It just I get them mixed up all the time. So Black <laughs> Friday, this is how how at risk airpods AirPods are at my home because of this dog. I literally bought a new pair of AirPods just because they were on sale. And I just put them in a drawer. I just have them. They're like my backup AirPods now. You're gonna lose
0: them. They're in a drawer. Nobody can uh, you're done.
1: This is a hard life, you know? Wait, 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 GP. More. I have a question. Mm-hmm. What number of AirPods is this? Because last I checked, it was like eight or nine. It's up there. But I got let me show you what I got. This is great. Okay. While while GP is doing that,
0: uh yeah, there we go. Okay.
1: So I got right, this. Hey,
0: oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Because I had the normal oh, your headphones case. Back on my he, he, can't, he can't hear me. Your yep. AirPod. There we go. Uh, I had the normal case that went over, but as I would walk through airports and stuff, (laughs) they would still fall out. I still lost a pair. And so now, look at this. I got one with a little latch on it, a little button on there. You see that little button? So now you can button them up. Button up AirPods. So I'm less likely to lose them in an airport or Uber or just walking through the streets. But my dog will still Chew on them if he if he if he has access to them. So I just got a backup. I just got a backup here. I felt like that was playing in ahead. I felt like that's pretty smart of me.
0: Fair enough. One more shout as we get out the door. I've 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 shouted out this fine gentleman on a previous pod when I learned he listens to every episode. But I had a nice quick conversation with him before the tip last night. And you know, Dan Shulman is a just extremely good broadcaster, so well regarded in the industry, does a great job. And, um, yeah, like, it's just, it, sometimes when you get to talking about your, uh, encounters in Vegas elevators and stuff, I think, man, there are, there are people like Shulman listening to this thing and, uh, <laughs> and like, what are we doing here? But I got to catch up with him and he says hello and he, he very much enjoys the podcast and, uh, and, and he's like, he's like, I will give you the name of a therapist for having to do that with Parrish. <laughs> <laughs> so Shulman was terrific. And I wanted to, I wanted to give him a shout because uh, he does a great job there. And, and it's in, in all sincerity, like when we do this pod, I, I, I don't know in real time. I never think about like who it's going out to the world and who's, who's listening to it. But there are like, you know, they're like conference commissioners and athletic directors, oh, yeah. like, people <laughs> in, like really good positions that listen to this podcast, like accomplished, competent, mostly serious people and to think that they're listening to this sometimes is just outrageous no but it, it, I mean, I
1: I, I'm exactly the same way in the sense that I don't think about who's listening oh
0: uh, yeah no. but and we but, shouldn't like I do, but yeah
1: but like yeah you know sometimes we'll get and my radio shows the same way like we'll get into these ridiculous like totally ridiculous conversations and we had a the other night um I finished radio and then I went to meet my family at uh we were doing a gingerbread house making thing. You know, it's like a go to this place and you you know you make gingerbread houses is a you know family event. And so we went to that and I walk in and with the like, first person I see is is uh, this nice woman and she goes uh she goes uh are you you know and I said yes, I am. And she said, "Oh, it was a fun show today." And I'm like, "What were we just talking about?" And like what we were talking about is um <sighs> Candlebox the band. Yeah. And,
0: dude,
1: I got on it. I accidentally.
0: um, Candlebox
1: had some hits. Candlebox had some hits. So we're talking about Candlebox. And then uh, you ever go to those stores where it's like they say, and your total is 2132. Would you like to round up for cancer research? How do you handle that situation? How do I? Yeah. Every time. Every time. 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 Almost every time. Yeah. Yeah. Every time round up like yeah. it, it, the most it can if cost you if
0: it's a cancer research I'm doing it every single time if it's something else and it, whatever I'm I'm honestly I'm probably like 90% of the time yeah now,
1: I'm 100% of the time it's like a, 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 a dog Again, rescue the I'm,
0: audience well done okay dog
1: dog rescue 100% of the time like whatever you oh, need yeah. me to round whatever you need me to round up for I'll round up for but then yeah. somebody told me and I have no idea this is true I haven't taken the time to somebody told me what what these companies do Somebody needs to look into this and get back to me on this. Somebody said what these companies do is they round up all of these, you know, figures and they take this money and then they donate it under their name and they get a tax break on it. And I said, is that that sounds like funny business. And so then I started wondering um, if we're going to get to a point where everybody is asking you to round up. (laughs) Isn't it isn't it reasonable to every once in a while ask them if they want to round down?
0: Yeah, it is. Hey, uh, and, your total, was
1: cool. and your total is twenty one seventy four. And then before they can say anything, you step in, interrupt, and go, "Would you like to round down?" Yeah, and they'd be like, "What?" Yeah, and you said, "Uh," and, and they say, y- y- "Will you ask? You're about to ask me if I want to round up. Why can't I ask you if you want to round down?" That feels like a curb your enthusiasm. It uh, should though. Episode once out of every five times. So anyway, well, that yeah. that's what this woman and, and I had this moment. Where I was like, "This is like a real person," and she's listening to me go on and on about getting uh Hollywood feed to to round down every once in a while for dog rescue yeah Tom Hart another great play-by-play man he texted me and said that the podcast uh, listener he was listening to the previous episode on a plane and like literally spit his water out when I when I told that prostitute story <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get you know
0: just to remind yeah we do I, I know we have a. Uh... It might be a, a, a small portion, but there is, you know, we we got some some preteens, middle schoolers listening to the pod. So, I'm just oh, not, yeah, not that they're not encountering this occasionally, every so often. But yes, I. Well,
1: they got to hear these things from somebody. Yeah, you know? and why not you, right? Why not me? Why not yeah. Uncle Gary? I'd rather them hear it from me than somebody else. I'd rather hear rather them hear it from me than somebody with two full eyebrows. Okay. still only have one eyebrow it's not great norlander (laughs) it's not great (laughs) if you're not subscribed please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts including apple podcasts and spotify five stars nice reviews there's more of us than there are of them don't let them tell you otherwise we're gonna talk to you again on friday till then till then just do the best you can that's all anybody's asking bye-bye